Hey, we're here. We're back, everybody. This was gonna be a part two. Maybe it will be a part two. Maybe we'll do a three-hour episode. Who knows? Uh, yesterday I had to leave early because my son had to go to the dentist, and then today he just had four wisdom teeth taken out, and he's banged out in the other banged room. Out. Max fell off the edge first time ever, and off he doesn't the like edge. it. He, had a, he was he was pushed he was pushed out in like a wheelchair. It was really sad actually. After I, when I walked out and left him there, I knew I couldn't see him for an hour, and I just gave him a hug. I'm like, damn, this is kind of scary. He's gonna be knocked out. I know he's gonna be fine, but it's like just leaving. You feel like unresponsive. He told yeah. me I couldn't stay because of, of COVID, course, so man. like. I went and got you guys, and I don't know. I think it's, it's terrifying anytime your kid is I get, going through something like that. I get yeah. scared when my, when my dog has to go under anesthesia, right? You yeah, know so I mean? imagine. Like, they put my dog under anesthesia. My, my dog, I took him to the vet, <laughs> and he had to get 10 teeth removed. Crazy. And he's like, he's like, wow. a, he's like a five-year-old French bulldog. I had to get 10 teeth removed. They put him under, and you know, I get worried. Like, oh, shit. Like, what's, yeah. what's going to happen? I know. You know so and, imagine the kid. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Damn. Sure. It's a weird feeling, right? Yeah. You've just, been under, right? Not since I was a kid. I had wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah, since I was like 20. But you haven't been put under like surgery? Only, only for wisdom teeth, that's it. Wow. He just touched it about out. You? He, he just touched it out. No, no, like, I never had. He's like, I'm, I'm straight. Just operate. Just cut right. me open. Well, tomorrow. Bites on a, bites on a stick. <laughs> well, t- well, when I went to dentist three weeks ago to get the new crown put in the back of my tooth, they had to give me four shots of Novocaine because I could feel it every oh. time. So tomorrow, I'm going to get the crown put on and ask them today no novocaine just rip off the fake one and put the other one on because i don't want to get the it just numb me for like fucking for like a week i was my jaw was killing me dude i can't really handle it. Dude, yeah are, you're 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 insane I, I, I i'll take the no out. i'll take the novocaine at the yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take some please thank yeah, you I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take the novocaine <laughs> at the dentist uh, i guess i could say because you talked about it on the podcast but mark mcgrath his whole life well, I don't know how long he's been doing it for. He gets put under for the dentist of any kind, anything, cabin, anything. He just has a fear of the dentist, and so he pays extra. I love you, Mark. And he gets put to sleep <laughs> at the dentist no matter what. That's kind of you know crazy. Why? It's a fear. He just wants to fly. There you go. <laughs> that was a good one. That was good. I mean, unless he ate all the sugar. And then, I don't know. Sugar, right? I'm sorry. Love you, Mark. He listens every week. Yeah, Mark. That's represent. Homie, homie for life. Love you, Mark. And uh, yeah, that's, I'd like to do that. I asked him yesterday if they did, would do that, and they said they don't do, we're gonna do it at this location. So maybe it's a certain spot, and maybe it blew up your spot, Mark. You have a secret doctor that does that. Sorry. Um, okay, welcome back, Andrew. I feel like we had a little bit of rush towards the end yesterday because I did have to go. I know we talked briefly about your store tradition, also working with uh, Mugs and part of the Soul Assassins. Was Roy from Downset in the mix doing something with you there too, or is that? He, so Roy was originally my connection right oh uh, okay yeah so um back when what was the record maybe skull and bones i think it was that when they did oh, like cypress a, yeah, yeah yeah cypress hill um they did like rock superstar right and they yep. were kind of doing some rock stuff roy roy did all the guitars on rock superstar did not know roy, that roy was in downset um so oh, great guitar player he yeah. had uh, i think initially kind of linked up with sendog when sendog was doing SX10, yep. Sendog had this rock, uh, rock rap thing, right? Yeah. Um, and he linked up with them, and then he, he was touring uh, with Cypress Hill. Like they would do their hip hop stuff, then they'd bring out a live band, um, Eric Bobo on on yeah. drums. I think Christian from Fear Factory played bass for a while. He'd do like upright Sick. bass. Uh, Roy was on um, guitar. They may have had a, another guitar player, and he he. Uh, yeah, he, he kind of like. Oops, she's on. She's on the mic. Hold on. Stella, you getting Stella, fired from the podcast. Stella, you're gonna get fired. So stick with the porch photo, Stella. She, right? She she got caught. She jumped right onto my <laughs> mic cable and, um, and got trapped. Um, so, so Roy was a connector. In yeah, there. so he kind of toured the world with them, um, 
and then um, basically, you know, in the kind of late '90s, I started producing hip hop stuff on my own. I had some friends yeah. that were getting into it. Um, I bought a Korg Triton, and I was making beats on a Triton. It's cool. I bought an MPC. Um, was making beats on that, and then from there, uh, like I sold a, my like the first beat I sold was to uh, Send Dog and and uh, his brother Mellow Man Ace. They're brothers. I know they were. I know. I know I yeah, know, they're I know that. They're brothers. Mellow Man, Fre- Mellow Man Ace and Kid Frost. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, they had they had a record called the Reyes Brothers. Okay. Because they're, they're brothers. So Send Reyes. That's amazing. Mellow Man. I don't know. It was really <laughs> Mellow Man Reyes. Uh, so they had this record called the Reyes Brothers. And I, uh, I produced a track on that, and then cool. I produced a track on Send Dog's uh, solo record. It was called uh, "Diary of a Mad Dog," I, I believe. Um, produced a track on that, and that was cool. Uh, it actually got placement in like a CSI or something. So nice. I got some, yeah, so I got some nice little publishing. How'd you get into producing? Too. Like, how'd you even get into making beats? Like, just because you love hip hop. Yeah, like like yeah. growing up, I you know I obviously I loved hardcore, but like I was into hip hop, like you know, like I mentioned on on the last uh, episode, I I was super into like Run DMC and, yeah. and Beastie Boys as a young kid, and then of course like you know all the early nineties Wu Tang, all that yeah, Wu Tang, and Moment of Truth, you named your record after. Yep, yep. You knew the EP, yeah. Yep, yep. That's a gangster shout out right that, there. That is that absolutely one of the greatest songs too. Great song by Gangstar for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I was always kind of into that and, you know, focused on making music and not just hardcore music. Right. So that's yeah. kind of like got into making beats. Um, so I did that. Um, and then, you know, once I had my Stella's getting crazy. I don't know what no, she's Stella, stop she's, it. She's on the mic cord again. I'm not, I'm, she's playing with a toy. Uh, oh, shit. Stella, we're doing a podcast. Stella. Stella. Attack! Kick rocks with your yes. fucking toy, man. She got the Easter bunny. Stella brought like a fucking to toy out here. Like a good she's trying to have Andrew play fucking catch with her during she, the podcast. She's like, yeah. Like literally tangled up in my. Still, I told you to go to your room with Max. She's she's going, feel she's good. She's not taking it, man. She she'll, Oh. Yeah, that's right. I taught dang, her that. <laughs> she's like growling. The past few days, Stella, I'm trying to get her. You kick know, rocks. Little attitude. Um, that's right. So, oh, she's back. But that's cool because I'm sure you were a Cypress Hill fan growing oh, up. Oh, dude, for sure. I, I remember being a little kid. Okay, I, I have a funny story. Uh, I'll bring it back to Cypress Hill too. So Let's I remember it. being a little kid and seeing uh, Cypress video. I guess it was Hand on the Pump on MTV being like, oh, my God, these guys are scary. Like, it was like yeah. the great, it was black and white. Send Dog and Mugs had the hat, like the bucket hat all Sick. low. And it was just like raw, and it, you know, it had that energy of hardcore, right? Yeah. But it was, you know, it wasn't, but it had that same aggressiveness. Yep. And so I remember, <clears throat> I was a little kid. Um, I don't remember what year. It could have been ninety-two. Yeah. Um, and my buddy was working with Rage Against the Machine. He was doing their merch. I think he was kind of managing them. It was this kid, Nathan. And Nathan had, he used to book shows in his basement. And then he was a piercer. And then he somehow linked up with Rage Against the Machine, like early days. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine was playing the side stage of the second Lollapalooza. Okay. So if you check on the computer, I think it was 92. Um, I sneak into Lollapalooza with Rage Against the Machine's fucking merch. They they have this van 
and I'm under the boxes, like hiding in the back. Wow. It's like Nathan and, you know, probably some, some of the dudes from the band. And I'm like hiding in the back underneath the merch. And I'm, in, I'm at Lollapalooza. That's so amazing, we pull Robert. up, I'm there and the side stage, I'm, I was probably 16. Side stage is Rage Against the Machine, Cypress Hill. They just popped, like just came out. House of Pain, wow. they just came out. Uh, Booyah Tribe. Oh, wow. And so I'm backstage and uh, just at the side stage. And I'm, I'm kicking it there all day, hanging with Booyah Tribe, who are crazy, yeah, you know, Samoan, yeah. but cool. Like, cool. I'm just like this weird little young, young white kids from, from the suburbs hanging with that. And I remember <laughs> that's the first time I met Muggs. He pulled up. He had like a kind of like a white Jeep Cherokee or something. He pulls up backstage. I don't know how I get in the conversation with him, but he goes, oh, I just recorded this today. Check this out. And it was a uh, funk dubious. And so he was playing me some wow. stuff in his car. Again, I have no idea so why cool, he gave man. me the time of day, but it was super cool. And and like, I always remember that. that. And I, I brought that up to him once we started hanging out. I was like, yo, I met you here um, and you played this music for me. Yeah. It was a really cool experience. And just seeing like, that was right when those, you know, from sure. then on, those bands were main stage, massive. You know, main stage, Cypress, House of Pain, and and I, you know, I I remember like tenth grade, uh, Jump Around came out right, and trying to find the hat and the shirt, like you know, what I mean, <laughs> like I was the first kid that in in my school with the House of Pain shirt, it's awesome, um, and I had the House of Pain hat, and <laughs> you know, so we were huge fans, yeah, huge fans, and, and to me, it was just like stuff like. Cyprus and House of Pain and Public Enemy. It had that energy of punk and hardcore. Totally, man. And it had a message, you know, not too far off from punk and hardcore. 100%, right? man. You know? Yeah. Um, and so it was really easy to uh, connect with that stuff. Yeah. And I remember Cypress always shot um, How I Could kill, kill a Man at Nastor Place in Manhattan. That's where the main shot. They were filming that shit in New York, too. Oh, nice. And I remember seeing uh, Downset. With Rage, or no, 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 Rage with House of Pain, the New York, the yeah. Academy. And then when I was in the Shamrocks and Shenanigans video, I ended up meeting, I was in the same video with them, was Muggs and Esteban. That's the first time I met them. And that and Funk Dubious was there too. Yeah. Later on was shot like five or six times. He's still alive. I'd love to have him on the pod someday, but Son Doobie, like. Oh, he's cool. Yeah. yeah he's you met cool. before? Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, cool. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Actually, he came out to the, the shop. We did a big uh, Soul Assassins event at the shop, and we had uh and Sundubi came and, and, and hung out, but it was uh, Muggs came and played, and it was like Sick Jackin from Psycho Realm so, and Strong Arm Steady, and I think Planet Asia is like you know so crazy, crazy event that we did. Yeah, you know and that was the fun part about the the shop was just trying to bring like yeah we sold sneakers and streetwear, uh, but we tried to bring like the culture behind that to the suburbs, like mm -hmm. you know the the artists. So we do art shows with Mir who. Uh, you know, he did like he's a legendary L.A. graffiti artist, but he did like he's most famous, I would say, for the Limp Biscuit album covers. Oh, wow. OK. He did the Downstate okay. album covers. We did our show with him and um, Patrick Martinez, who's a huge artist now. Have you seen he does a lot of like neon art? Um, probably. probably you, you've probably seen. He, he, yeah, he's he's known. Um, he does uh, like fine art and painting, but um, the stuff he's really known for are, are like neon um sometimes he'll do phrases from hip-hop songs and neon okay. and stuff uh awesome artists and you know how he's, he's huge he's in museums and yeah. huge galleries now and you know ha having him um do a show in, in the shop was pretty incredible and then we do these in stores so we had like 
like I mentioned, like Sick Jacket and Muggs. Yeah, and we had awesome. Fashawn and Raekwon, um, so you know, sick. and it's just like, you know, there is a culture behind sneakers and it's not just consumer culture, right? Yeah. Um, and so we kind of tried to shed a light on that. Um, you know, I was really heavily involved with the music side and the art side. My partner, my business partner, Jason, uh, was very involved on the on the sports angle and the basketball mm-hmm. side. Uh, he grew up playing uh, high school basketball and then college basketball. He had a lot of connections in, in that world. And obviously sneaker culture yeah. wouldn't exist, right, without without basketball. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so, again, shedding light on that culture, um, that side of the culture what, what was cool. Um, you a big sneakerhead growing up too? Um, later, right, later on in life? I'd say later on in life, like as a kid, yeah. I, I couldn't afford it. No. Yeah. Like I remember being in seventh grade and uh, <laughs> a kid showing up and he had the the canvas Jordan 1s. Hell yeah. yeah. And I was like, yo, those are sick. I want those. But I, you know, my parents weren't buying me those. No, no, no. So no, it was no. like, you know, when I, I, I would, I would, uh, it'd be a new school school year and they'd be like, okay, here's a hundred dollars buy your outfits for the year. You know, like one and, pair of shoes. Yeah. So I, well, at that time, no, but you know, you get yeah. a pair of vans, it'd be 20 bucks at that time. Crazy. And then, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to get these shorts and a couple of skate shirts. And yeah, that was the, the thing. Right. And then it's crazy, man. hundred bucks for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it. OP so, shorts. Yeah. So, I, you know, <laughs> OB, OP, <laughs> OP shorts and shit back then. Yeah. 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 No, oh, we were, shit. we were really, I, I, I remember eighth grade was like, there was a band, a brand from the West Coast. I, I mentioned on another podcast, but Getaway, and okay. it, it was a skate, skate company, but like baggy shorts. And then okay. you know, ninth grade fuck shorts came out, right? And you see, they're the only people that made these big baggy shorts. You know, we were the first people fucked. Fresh Jive. We we had a we had a buddy that was um, a, a really good skater from Sid's friend from Riverside, and he was sponsored by Fresh Jive. So he'd come down with boxes of shit and we'd all trade and he would show Sick. up with 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 you know with his fuck shorts and the getaway <laughs> and everyone just trade like i want those i want the i want this color yeah. and we'd all kind of like trade colors and then blind jeans came out you know we're blind skin yeah jeans, and yeah. Ev- everyone had like i had purple and green like crazy colors Damn. and that, you couldn't buy baggy clothes like you yeah. know like like, like really that bad that baggy style was, was skater style back then mm-hmm. in, in, in the early 90s. And it's back now, too. My son was oh, big-ass baggy yeah, Carhartt big shit. Yeah. Big time. It's crazy. Yeah. Carhartt, like the whole whip thing, how like... That's some bullshit. Like, I, I, I show Max Come pictures on, of me man. and all my friends wearing the vest, wearing all Carhartt shit in the early 90s. Yeah. And I keep telling him, like, you don't have to go to the Carhartt store on the break. It's go to the Army-Navy store. You get the same well, thing yeah, for, like, exactly. way less. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, here's... No the, disc to Carhartt, it, but yeah. The Carhartt work in progress is, like... You want that Carhartt style, mm-hmm. but you want like the modern fits. Like, yeah. so it, there is a difference. Like, yeah. like, yo, know, if I try to get a pair of Car- Carhartt pants right now, like they'd, they'd be like size 30 on the bottoms. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, so wide. like I, yeah, too wide. I can't rock <laughs> so that. So they make the same kind with like maybe a slimmer fit over there? Yeah. Like wow. way better cuts, way wow. better materials. So okay. there, there is a difference. Like, okay. and there's a big difference. <laughs> no, there? there is. Yeah. Really? Have you gotten oh, some yeah. whip stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested. I mean, trust I'm, me. There, there's a difference. I've been going to the store looking at stuff for. Well, weeks. you're you're a big dude, so you want those big ass probably thighs. Like I, I went, yeah. I went to the army store and I was like, yo, they had all this sick Ben Davis. I was like, yo, yeah, Ben Davis is ben sick. Davis is- and I opened them up. I'm like, there's no way I could fit two legs in I each know. of these pant legs. And I was like, I'd love to have Ben Davis that fit me. Yeah, but 
find it's yourself just so a good, boxy just find so big a good there. tailor. You yeah. found a person. No, I got a good tailor, sure. yeah. You know, like so, but okay, so okay, you buy the Carhartt, then you take it to a tailor, just buy the work in progress. You know what I mean? Like But it's gonna cost you to get right. it tapered and fixed. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. Then it kick off in Europe too, right? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, Rebranded it in Europe came from, yeah. And Call me a hater, I just man. I I just <laughs> met I just met the rep. He's a hardcore kid. No, so. wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Out here yeah, in LA or Yeah, no? I just met him at the ref thing. We can give him a shout out. Let's give him <laughs> a shout out, man. Yeah, so Oh, the rep him. from Carhartt. Yeah, oh, that's cool. He's a hardcore kid. Yeah, he's, a, he's a hardcore kid. He play. He, what does he that mean? He sponsors podcasts and bands. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. He he actually. That's he, cool. He's in a he's in a band uh, with a buddy of mine um, who is in Half Heart. Okay. Um, and they have this new kind of. I was, I guess, kind of rockish type band. Okay. And so I, he was at the Rev Market, and I was like, oh, he was selling their demo. And I was like, oh, I know this band. Uh, my buddy Kay's in it. He's like, yeah, I'm in there too. I'm like, oh, oh wow. Small yeah. world, man. Yeah. I mean, everybody in hardcore, like, so, at every brand around the world, somebody, somebody yeah, is, is connected to hardcore. Like, yeah, man. It's, just, it's just the way it is, right? Yeah, Bobby like, Hunters grew up in that with Straight Edge, Vegan yeah. back in the day, all that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Where everybody comes from, everybody's all connected. Yeah, yeah. we, we did a uh, when the last Strife record came out, uh, Witness of Rebirth in 2012. We actually did a uh, a shirt with the hundreds and a limited seven inch with the hundreds, and the cover of that seven inch was a live picture from the barn from the record release wow, show that shit. we talked about yesterday. Yeah, that Bobby Hundreds took. He took that photo. Wow. Yeah, he, he was. He back was then, yeah, yeah, he. I think he went to UC Riverside. Yeah, he did. And he was a a good friend. Um, he was good friends with a photographer at the time that we were super close with. Like the okay. photographer came and did backups on In This Defiance. Okay. And he he did some promo shots for In This Defiance. Uh, Zach Cordner okay. was his name. Um, and he's a really big photographer. He would do cover, cover yeah. stories of like No Doubt and whatever. But he grew up in the hardcore scene and he was... He might have even been like dorm dorm roommates with with Bobby Hundreds or Probably, something. He was yeah. like super tight with Bobby. So like cool. I think that's kind of was like Bobby's real connection was like to the core. This kid Zach and, and Zach went you know at that in the nineties Zach was at every show with his camera, yeah, taking sick photos. Hey, um, I'm still doing that. Of that. Envious of that. That's so cool. Yeah, he he did captured a lot. Yeah, back then. Um, back to Strife for a second too. You said into into this defiance. Was that the one of the biggest records for you guys? Yeah, I know. One truth was that kind of really put you on the map, put you out there. It's so many anthems, and it was very, yeah, hard, uh, and lyrically too straight, very straight edge, and very like super like inspirational. So many people. Yeah, I think uh, in this defiance was kind of like our crossover record, right? Mm. Like you know, it was like the perfect mix between like the the the, the straight edge hardcore of the of the moment and like. A, a modern metal band at that time, which was like Sepultura, and yeah. you know what I mean. So it was like we were trying to blend those two styles, and that's why at that time we were like, "He's like, yo, we're into Sepultura, we're into Fear Factor, we love the Deftones. Like, we we won't, we don't understand why the hardcore kids aren't listening to this because to us it's just mm. it's heavy music. Mm -hmm. It's it's it, it's yeah. aggressive music. It's it's most of it has a good message. That's and a good point. And yeah, it's slightly different, but you know, I don't, I don't want all my music to sound the same. Right. Like, you know, it gets <laughs> very boring if yeah, everything totally. you listen to sounds the same. So we're like, you know, we really want to make that effort. We're like, hey, we're gonna put some of these guests 
on our record outside of hardcore. So Igor played drums on Overthrow. We had Chino, Chino from Deftones. Yeah, yeah. He, he sang on Will to Die. Ch- which Chino, is, Chino will be listening to this. He listens every week. It's my yeah. brother. Shout out to Chino, Dope. man. Love you, man. Yeah, so that was like a crazy experience. And then um, Dino from Fear Factory came in and played guitar. And for us, it was like, you know, yes, of course, it would help us, right? Like exposing our music to their fans. Totally. But I think it worked both ways, right? Um, you know, that was like Deftones was on their first record. Um, we loved them. And, you know, obviously they were big, but they weren't the massive band that they are now. Like, yeah. or or would become after like White Pony, right? right. Yeah. Um, so, but we were just like such fans that we were like, yo, could you do this? Our manager at the time was uh, from Sacramento and we were super tight with this band far from Sacramento yeah, yeah. and Will Haven, right? And that was kind of like the local bands along with Deftone. So yeah, our manager hit him up. He knew him. Um, Troy was his name. Okay. I was like, I was like, what was her manager's name? <laughs> Troy. So there we go. Shout uh, out to Troy. Yep. Shout out to Troy. Troy hit up uh, uh, Chino. We flew him out. We recorded wow. it in... Uh, in, in the same center Sound City There was that studio At the end yeah. Called Sound Image That's yeah. And uh, Chino came in For the for like a day And he was like Cool what do you want me to do Rick kind of had the lyrics And he's like Cool went in the studio And he just Fucking Did Chino Like you know what I mean yeah. he, We didn't have to give him direction And I remember me and Sid Were like Hiding underneath the console Because we didn't want to Want him to see us Like freaking out You know <laughs> So we're like High-fiving so each cute. other Like high-fiving each other Like but like So he couldn't see us Through, through the window You know High-fiving wow. each other Like holy shit Like goosebumps You know Came and uh, killed it and shit yeah. Killed it uh, he, he And he kind of did like A few different takes And we ended up um, Mixing them together And it was cool So we recorded that The engineer was the same Engineer who recorded uh, One Truth uh, Dave Dave Jagos. Um, I want to say his brother, little little fun fact, his brother was, I think, the original singer of L.A. Guns. Wow. Yeah. So Shit. he was this crazy metalhead dude that we linked up with. He had the studio off of Hollywood Boulevard in this basement. And cool. he was great. He yeah. was great. And then we um, ended up mixing with this awesome, awesome producer, mixer named Bob Marlette. And Bob, um, he worked with black sabbath and tony iomi and i think he did records for like saliva like really big things, uh, yeah. yeah and it, it was awesome and so it's crazy so we mix at the studio uh called cornerstone mm-hmm. and bring it back to our the beginning of our conversation but so he mixed the record and then years later when i started uh i started doing hip-hop stuff and i, I was working out of be real studio in in the valley be real took over cornerstone oh, so true. i walked into the studio it wasn't called Co- cornerstone anymore i walked in the studio i was like wait i know this place like I, i've been here before it was it was the same studio wow uh, yeah so it was it was kind of cool um kind of cool and uh yeah bob was great he ended up we recorded this song called untitled um with him um that was on uh, soundtrack to a movie called God Money that Rick was the star. Oh, God Money, yeah, it, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. that. yeah, and the soundtrack was like Strife and and Descendants and Far and yeah. Pennywise. It was cool, and we recorded that track with Bob, and I used one of uh, Tony Iommi's amps on that. Yeah, Laney. Wow. yeah wow. his Laney. So that's awesome. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> and how was their your following at that point? The Hardcore Kids were they stoked on the that record? Yeah. Was it different for them or was this more harder? I think at the time everyone like 
everyone was getting harder. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Earth, like Earth Crisis was hard, but totally. then it came harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so it's like, I, I think if you didn't want hard music, you weren't listening to Strife anyway, right? Mm -hmm. And this was like, Hatebreed was a band, but they weren't like Hatebreed that they would become. Their album didn't come out yet, right? So wow. it was like, it was like if you were into heavy music and hard hardcore, it was like Integrity, Earth Crisis, Strife. Um, you know, like Madball was hard but different. You know, what I mean, it was more yeah. bouncy. Mm -hmm. Like, like, like I, I feel like it was kind of, uh, especially at that time, it was a little different vibe. But um, so yeah, I think I think kids were people were ready for it, and I and I think. Um, it crossed over, especially like fresh off a tour with Sepultura, right? Yeah. Like, like it's gonna cross over to those kids and 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 maybe be the hardcore record that some of these metal kids, uh, for sure, listen to. Yeah, maybe the first time hearing a hardcore yeah. record. Yeah, for sure. And you so. toured that one for a while too, right? Yeah, so that came out in '96 or '97, and then we toured '97, '98, and then broke up. So. Wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, couple year, years of touring and, and that was it. Yeah. That was and, then, it. and when they broke up, where were you working at? What did you end up doing? Is that where you started producing stuff at that point or no? Yeah. So, um, I think Sid was running a skateboard shop called chaos. Yeah. And they had locations in thousand Oaks and Santa Monica. It went to it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, some gear he hooked it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he had been there for a while. Um, and so but, I moved, uh, I, I started working, I think I, I I moved to the to the valley and I was working in in uh, Santa Monica at Chaos. Rick was working at the diesel store right up the street. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it, you know, it was crazy. It was like a, the Santa Monica one was like the weirdest thing. It was like, this store behind a store. Uh, so you had to go through this weird, like, you know, European like denim store. And then there's like this crazy skate shop. Wow. And it was like, you know, real like underground. And they carried like, you know, remember that brand porn star that I remember yeah, they got man. a lot of trouble when they opened the thousand Oaks store and they were carrying that brand porn star. They oh, did a huge display and the, the think suburban moms were not happy. Was chaos AD out at that time? Oh, this was yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. He was inspired by yeah, that yeah. part of the story, right? I don't know where that. I don't know where that <laughs> came from. I thought I, he was with Separator, like he was part of the. No, crew. like you crew, know, yeah. like like that was a name. I think that yeah. was a name before before. Uh, and Fred Seeger used to be at. I remember seeing you over there. Close to there, yeah. And oh, so you I, were there. So I remember seeing. Yeah, you so there, yeah. I went from uh, chaos, uh, and then I started working at Fred Siegel. I remember. Uh, I think Rick left left the diesel store. He was working at the store called uh, Mew Mew on Melrose, which yep. is. Uh, a line from Prada. Uh, so he was in high-end retail. Yeah, he guys in high-end, bro. Yeah. Oh, snap. And then I, I, I think he was like, yo, I want to work at Fred Siegel, and he didn't get the job. And so I think I applied there. <laughs> you know, I was like, cool, what's this? Fred Siegel, cool, I'm cool. Like, like Rick was always cool, like kind of like the tastemaker. Like, yeah. He would do some kind of like outlandish shit. Sometimes that was just too far that we right. wouldn't go for. But he was always like, you know, he was in on like, 
designer jeans before there was designer jeans. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Diesel, when Diesel was cool, at one point, like early 90s, he was selling like Diesel and Jerbo. Jerbo. And, and, yeah, and, and Lucky Brand. But these were cool brands. They're not cool now. Yeah, they were but, cool back then. But they Jerbos. were cool. So he, we had this store in the Oaks Mall, and it was called JMR Chalk Garden, and they sold, like I said, Diesel and Jerbo and, and Lucky Brand, and they sold... Um, Gypsies and Thieves, remember that Gat? Yeah, they yeah. sold Gat, and and it was crazy. So it was a store there from Salt Lake, and they had one in Salt Lake, one in Glendale, one in Thousand Oaks. And Rick managed the the Thousand Oaks one. The dudes from um, Insight and Iceburn, yeah, they worked at the the Utah oh, one. Shit. So like Jeremy and Mark, they worked. Oh, there. Jeremy, yeah, yeah, they worked at that wow. store too. And so they would like talk on the phone, like, "Oh, we need the size jean. Can you send it over?" You know what I mean? Wow. And then our buddy Nate, um, the straight edge kid from Utah, he he had worked at that store, and so that was our connection. And actually, this is a funny story. Nate moved to Hawaii. Nate brought us over to Hawaii to play. We canceled our flight so and then oh, used those vouchers to go to Sepultura. <laughs> it's all connected. All comes full circle. Yeah, Holy it's, shit. It's all connected. But um Wow. Yeah, so it, it's uh it's a small world. It is. Yeah. His homeboy too, he was he, he sang in the band Handsome, right? Yep, yep. He's oh, in the yeah, Moon, Moon's good friend, Moon those kids growing up. Handsome yeah. was awesome. He yeah. was in a band That's right. uh That's right. so he Jeremy was the original singer of Iceburn on, yep. on the promo tape. And they did this really cool band called Lumberjack after. Okay. Which was very similar, and then and then handsome and Jets of Brazil. Uh, That's right, Jets of Brazil. Yeah, so you know a lot about all, about all the genres, man. I feel like you you listen to everything, every seven inch, every demo. Yeah, you have uh, a big collection of music. I do. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, you know, sometimes I like go through. I, I've got like boxes of cassettes, even, and sometimes I'll I'll go through my shit. And I mentioned earlier when we were off air, but like we were talking about like going to Brazil and, yeah. and seeing Derek's first show. And I I have like treasure chests, like multiple of yeah. like artifacts, like whether it's like <laughs> photos and ticket and subs, flyers, ticket subs, flyers. Wow. I have like ran like first time in London, like random shit from polls. I pull I, just like weird. Like <laughs> I, I, I collect stuff, but so I have like a hardcore hoarder. Yeah. Hardcore hoarder but it's all mind. nicely organized in these nice bins. Uh, I so I was going to dig through my treasure treasure chest and, Pull out some stuff, some memories for Derek, some photos of that show, but I'll have to do that later time. I, That's I, I didn't have time today. That would be cool. Um, what about t-shirts? You have a lot of old t-shirts. Oh yeah, oh Damn. yeah. Like I, I oh, I'm sure you. Must I have go. Six shirts. I got boxes, yeah. and 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 you know, every now and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna wear this, you know, and it's just like something like, where'd you get that? I was like, oh, I had it in a box. I've had it since I was 19. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I, and that, you know, I haven't worn it in 20 years. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust this out today. But yeah, I got like original like. Project X Schism shirts, Judge Judge Schism shirts. I was wearing a any um, Dag Nasty originals. No oh, Dag Nasty. I, I was rocking like a Super Touch shirt the other day Ooh. that I had since I was like fourteen, and 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 uh, Vitalo, who manages like Turnstile, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, "Yo, where'd you get that shirt?" I'm like, <laughs> yeah, "I've had it. I think I got it from Chris Daly, who he played rocks drums. old shirts too." I see yeah. That. Well, he was like, he's like. It's Mets colored, so I need that. He's like, "Would you ever get rid of it?" And I was like, "No, I don't. I don't sell stuff. Like, mm. I don't sell my shit." Right. And he's like, "He's like, what if I offered you just like a ridiculous amount of money?" <laughs> and I was like, "I love him." And I was like, "I was like, probably not." I, I was like, "Honestly, I'd rather like give it to you yeah, totally. than sell it to you." But like right now, I want to keep it. But it was like, 
<laughs> I got. I think I got that from Chris Daly, who who played drums in yeah, Chris Resurrection, yeah, yeah. One Away, Jets to Brazil. Yeah. Um, you know, our early East Coast trips, like we would trade shirts with with our our friends, like or buy them or whatever. You know, so I have a I have a huge collection of all kinds of stuff. You have seven second Man. shirts. Nah, so like most of the stuff I have was like bands, either bands with. I was playing with, seeing in real time, or like like uh, bands that had recently broke broke up, and yeah, I was yeah. like getting it from a friend. Like I have an original bold shirt that has the crippled youth um, wow artwork on the back, and like a weird drawing version of the boxers, right? <laughs> um, I've got yeah, I've got I've got like boxes and. Boxes of shirts and then boxes of shirts that have gone missing, you know, Dang. like like I used to have like the grilled biscuits, like uh, the the tour shirt, the summer tour. Yeah, yeah, I had that. I had the the grilled biscuits pizza shirt. I don't I have that, that anymore. Too. Yeah. And it's like it's funny. Everyone hated that grilled biscuits pizza shirt. I bet you if I rock that now, people would be like, yo, 100%. where'd you get that shirt? You know what I mean? Like It was a white shirt back then. Yeah. It was, yeah, dude. But but like I wish I had that. And it's, I must have lost a box in a move or something. Um, I wish I had my Killing Time long sleeve with a little clock right here. I, I've got the Killing Time. They have the one that kind of had like the weird melted clock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah with the big Killing Time on the back. I, I've got that. Again, I've had that. Is it a since. gray shirt? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Heather I Gray. Too. I, I still have that. I've had that since the 90. I've got 90, uh, probably since 1990. What about old hip hop shirts? Okay. <laughs> a few, but they're, they're sick. I've I got, bet you got Cypress. No, I've got two original Beastie Boys. I have a Beastie, original Beastie Boys uh, licensed to ill with the plane crash. Wow. And I have original Beastie Boy with just like the diamond logo that says the get off my dick on yeah, the back. The blue one's navy or something? It's, mine's black. Okay. Um, I've got that, and I have an original Run DMC. You know, that's worth all, wow. all three of those are probably a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, and Damn. and I'll bust them out. Actually, I I I'm rocking the um, the license to ill shirt in the in the first World Be Free video. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I'll bust them Special out. Special occasions, yeah. Yeah, or you know, like <laughs> to be honest, that Run DMC is it's it's too thin oh and too God. small. I I would rip it if I yeah. put that on. It's ripping. <laughs> That other Beastie Boys is probably ripping. I have like an original uh, suicidal join the army, uh, but Damn. it's small. It's it, it, it's oh, small. Man. An original corrosion from like '87 oh, or something. That's, that's yeah, that's, I, yeah. I, got, I had to retire my token entry. The one it was it was like paper the other day. Yeah, I saw. Did, do you have boxes of stuff back home? Like, do you have, have I used to. I used to have boxes of flyers, man, of mm. every show. You know, I love flyers. Yeah, I collected all those, and I my dad threw those out. Of, he I, did. Yeah. I got a crazy it's, collection of integrity stuff. Speaking of Cleveland, yeah. oh, Clevo. I so think I have a bunch of the, stuff too. There was a time in the in the probably like ninety four, ninety five. We we went. We played a show at at Peabody's with Integrity, and we Peabody's. stayed at Dwight's house. He had like that weird house over a warehouse kind of kind of thing okay i don't know if you remember but, but he he had all his screen printing stuff yeah in a room downstairs right. so and there was like uh there she goes there, there was Stay this there. I'll be back. there was this weird uh it might have been a secondhand store army store across the street we went and bought all this shit and screened all our own one-of-a-kind integrity shirts and dark empire shirts so i have like an integrity one-of-a-kind integrity gas station jacket yeah, yeah and yeah. i have like crazy like 
integrity, you know, shirt with Dark Empire on the back on this crazy green color, just like all this one of a kind uh, stuff that we just made at his house. It just changed the game. Like once you're able, like once you figured out you could screen print stuff and yeah. he was doing that in high school. Yeah. Then it was just like every other day making shirts. It was like, I remember that vividly, just consistently making our own shirts. Yeah. For whatever occasion, like, oh, let's try this shirt. Let's make this shirt. Let's make that yeah. shirt. And it was cool. It was cool. And he had, he had like a really cool setup at the time. I feel like we must have stayed there for a few days. Right. And he had all these like, you know, like the 12-inch Star Wars figures. He had them yeah, everywhere. Yeah, and we're like, yeah. oh, those are so sick. Yeah. Uh, you know, I started trying to collect those, you know, after that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, those are cool. I want those too. Um, you know, and, and, and just like that time, you know, the music coming out of Cleveland was so awesome. Like the mm. early Ringworm. Early and, Ringworm stuff is great. And Frank Nevinick yeah. represent. Yeah, yeah. Frank is three guns. James. Well, three, yeah, Frank three guns. Shout out yeah. to him. Yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to James Ringworm. It definitely. And you had your you had your Playboy skate crew, you and Dwid? Yeah, we had a uh, skate team. Team, team Playboy. I, I, I heard the, I heard a story oh, from boy. from Igor. Oh. From Igor <laughs> about about the first time you met Dwid. Oh man. He said you punched him. Oh, it was a fight. That's Is that true? Right. No, yeah, as a little kid. It could have been that I I don't think it was Dwid, but I definitely know the person I did punch. Okay. When I was. Like you were like skateboarding, <laughs> like you're like little kid skateboarding yeah. or something. I, yeah. I mean, I remember Dwid because he, he came from, I don't know. I, he was he was going to school as a really good friend of mine, like a, a boarding school. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he just had a lot of weird stuff, but. He was really getting into the whole screen printing. And like yeah. I said that. Super like, DIY shit, right? And, yeah. And that's when it was like everybody, you know, nobody was really doing that. You know, yeah. We were like 15, 16. It's like, yeah. He's like, no, this is how these shirts that we want so badly, they're making them themselves. So it's he learned so cool, that, man. So what, how to get the, did he go to like a like a continuation or or like a board, like a like no, for well, bad kids? Went, well, yeah. Okay. Kinda. So no, let, cause let me tell you, the, the, the kids in my school. They went to continuation. They would take a spree, a screen printing class, like the same oh, same wow. as the kids in my school. Like our first shirts, actually, that's not true. But they would learn the same thing. They would go to this continuation, and I think, oh, we're going to teach you a trade because you're not going to make it in the world. Right? Want you learn to screen print, and so yeah. like a lot oh, of wow. early shirts were the same thing. It was like these kids that went to these continuations. They would teach them to do that. That would but, be. A but it was like take. this was like kind of like that school, but it was like for super. I mean, you had to have some money to go. Oh, okay. To now this this was this like you get kicked like, out of school. No. They'll send you to a different school. You get kicked out of there. You're going to continuation. No, it, it wasn't like a school. Like my dad taught it. Like one of those type of mm. schools where, you know, there were kids that were just like, "Yo, I'm gonna be you know working on motors and electronics and mechanics." Yeah. They're just, but he was you know it was for those type of kids, but. I mean, I, I think it was amazing. Like, I love... Did you ever make shirts, Toby? Like uh, we did. I we, imagine we, you... We, yeah, we did, like, the spray paint ones, like, cut uh, the cardboard right, out. We right, didn't have right. screen printing things back then. Because that stuff, it was like... I mean, I guess if you went to school, it was the only thing that he was skip school all the time, but yeah. learn how to do the photograph, like get a photo or something, Sick, have it on the screen. It's like, it's there forever. Yeah, you burn the screen. We can burn the screen. We yeah. can do whatever we want. So cool. With it. And I was like, so, oh, yeah. So the, the thing for us was... Uh, we started Strife. We we met Mike. Charlie Hart was doing that too, you know. Mm, that Civ, yeah. We met Mike Hartsfield, who had New Age Records at the time. He was already doing his own screen printing. So when we were like, you know, fourteen or whatever, he he 
he already had a professional screen printing set up again. So nice. He was living in yeah. Big Bear. And I remember actually the first Strife shirt, like Sid. And but you probably have in mint condition. I do. I got like three <laughs> colors. I got like three colors. Wow. I, I, I almost have, I, th- I think I have every Strife shirt that was ever made wow. in the 90s. Not, not the new stuff. Every single one. So I have a, I have a whole bin that's like, Just you Strife. know. That's yeah. cool. God, I wish I would have done yeah. that. Did you collect all your H? Never worn. I too. did, but I gave them away to everybody. All my friends don't have shit. I don't I, have I, anything. I got nothing, dude. Yeah, I've got, I've got <laughs> one of the... Got the memories, bro. I've got yeah. one of the, fir- the first H2O shirt, which oh, you, I'm wow. sure you made. Varsity, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the Varsity. Because I remember we tore with Sick of It All. Craig had one. Oh, okay. And so we're like, yo, Craig's got one. I need one. I had and, a lot of H2O yeah, gear, Yeah, and man. so we played the first time we played with the real H2O. Like, okay. we played with Sick of It All when you'd come out, right? Yeah. Um, but we played with H2O, 96. It was um, Lost Horizon in Syracuse. Strife, Sick of It All, and Sid. Wow, that's Syracuse right. Yeah. John that McKay, sick, they just yeah. set that up. John, John McKay Probably. was there. Yeah, yeah and those are the, yeah, the remember those shows. It was an amazing show. We yeah. played that show, too. Yeah. Wow. And I bought my H2O shirt. I still got Sick. it. Chad got one too. Wow. But I still got that shirt. That was a yeah. great show. And you know, that. after the show, um, ours was like an early show and Bad Brains played after. Whoa. Without HR. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was saying the guy from uh, Faith and No More? I believe so. Oh, wow. Chuck Mosley. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace, yeah. Chuck, man. He's a, so, great, he's a great singer, man. I know. I and that him, was man. probably our first time seeing Sam too. Damn. Yeah, so really? Wow. At that time, it was right uh-huh. when Civ came out. They, yeah, okay. Unless we saw, uh, maybe we saw him at the Warped Tour first. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could maybe. be wrong, but I feel like it, this might have been pre Warped Tour. It I don't seems know. like you play with like all the bands that play with almost every band that you liked or <laughs> met so many seems people through way, your right? band. Yeah, absolutely. You guys were everywhere. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And like you said, you weren't just like a weekend warrior local band like a lot of bands really didn't make it out of Cali. You guys really just went for it. No, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We would, we would, we would tour heavy heavy um and yeah and kind of make make friends you know yeah make make friends and like you know lifelong friends which is cool like i'm still friends with a lot of these people i'm talking about yeah you are still friends with you know charlie he's awesome yeah (laughs) he's he's amazing charlie Charlie. what's his nickname moose yeah moose yeah Yeah, the moose you know it's funny he's like if i had to pick like (laughs) top five new york card card guys to do from Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, he's like, he was always just like the nicest guy. Like when, when we played with Siv that first time, I talked to Charlie and and Sammy, you know what I mean? It was like, those were, those were the guys. And you know, later we played with, you know, Siv like years later, like a festival is like, Oh, I'm hanging out with Charlie on the beach. Like it it, it just, his personality. Yeah, absolutely. Super, super nice. Um, He's a popular guy, man. I got to say in high school, he like his high school, he was a grade older than I was, but we went to different high schools. He was super popular with everyone. Yeah. Like hip hop kids, whoever from whatever scene, everyone knew him. And he was just most likable guy in high school. Most likable, like totally. Every party, he'd be there dancing or whatever, <laughs> not afraid to yeah. you know, be himself. I and love it was that. just like people love that. And I, you know, it's all going. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's definitely like top, top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, it's like later. It's like it's weird. Like, like I mentioned, like at in the nineties, like Madball didn't really tour. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like. Like I didn't really know those guys till like more we're recently. Europe more. Than yeah, oh, for yeah, sure. They yeah. were they were like a Europe. They were like a Europe. Yeah. With some East Coast. So it's like 
I don't I didn't know Freddie or Hoya till kind of recently, you know, yeah. like last 10 years. And, and like, again, great. You know, Hoya is amazing, amazing hilarious, <laughs> like n- like not what you would ever expect. Uh, yeah, man. You know, yeah. and, and just sweetheart. Man. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> One of the funniest guys. And so that's that's really, uh, really cool. But they weren't uh, I don't know why. Like they, they weren't a band like if we were on the East Coast, like Stripe and Mad Ball didn't play together. Yeah. I, I don't know why. That is it was terrifying seeing them in uh, Wetlands. Oh, a while back then. Like, the New York show was a while back They then. were wild. Wetland, I was like, I, can't, yeah. I was like, man, they're going to be it. When I saw them play in Europe, I was like, these kids are going to kill each other or something you know but i figure i was like <laughs> so used to seeing them in new york or yeah. it's just, just like so different in europe characters though. like in the pit and i was like oh boy yeah here we go it's way different oh my <laughs> god wet wetlands was incredible wetlands yeah. amazing mean, venue we, man. we did we did so but <laughs> out of new york you know we we toured with a lot was warzone okay oh, nice, yeah nice. so that was like and I, you were label mates too they we were label label yeah. mates and i remember um warzone the first time i met anyone from Warzone Warzone was touring Japan yeah and they had a layover at LAX um before they went to New York so they, yeah they um they uh they booked a show I picked them up at LAX we booked a show together at the showcase theater and then they came and, and stayed at my house for a couple of days yeah and so we are super tight with 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 um more gauze max with with ray and everybody everybody you know todd the kid todd the and, kid's awesome and dude. uh vinnie value Rest and peace. all all of them yeah, yeah and jason you know so like those were you know at that 90s and that 90s war zone is so good i feel sounds like revolution what was uh, um yeah the sound of revolution great, man. it's a great record it and is, i feel yeah. like super underrated like People stopped listening. I'm gonna go back and check that out because I don't. I great. remember the album cover. I it's good. Yeah. It's good. People it's, took the band for granted, man. And I keep 100 on here that they would play all the time, and people yeah. would not go so much. And I remember going. My wife was really tight with Ray, so we go to as many. Times, it was, if I was home, we go see them play. And during that record, the record was amazing too. And I think maybe that record got really slept on. It's a really yeah, great record. Yeah. They, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm and, check it out for and, sure. And that era, they killed it live. Like, yeah. first of all, like Ray was straight edge at the time. Yeah, he would be X up, but he would be in the crowd. Just Always, like, dude, such a cool energy, such a cool guy. Great front man. Yeah. Um, and so we did a lot of touring with them on the East Coast. Actually, the the shirt um, where the, that I spoke about yesterday, the Strife to the Bank. Someone made it, I think, in Richmond. We were on tour with Warzone. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but like, just Strife just, to the Bank. You have one of those. <laughs> I don't actually. What? Sid had one. Sid had one. You need it for your collection, man. I know. I think I think Sid might have like punched the dude and, and took it. I don't even wow. know. Yeah. But I, I do want one. I've seen them. Actually, you know what's so crazy? Is like <laughs> some Indonesian kid bootlegged that shirt. Like yes. not knowing wow. it, it's like a diss. Like it's a diss shirt. <laughs> you know, and he likes like I found a bootleg. Wow. Which is kind of cool. I'll it's take a bootleg. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, but they, That's you know, amazing. maybe they just didn't realize, like, oh, it's a cool Strife shirt. Uh, yeah, miscommunicate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, wow. I see, I see, I see. Uh, I think it's funny. Like, we have a little Strife group chat, and I'll find like funny uh, bootleg shirts, and I'll screenshot it and send it, and it'll be like a classic is Strife, New York hardcore. We're like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> huge fans, huge fans. You know, the to the bank one is another. Wow. But every now and then you'll see like, you know, somebody made like a sick hat, like embroidered New Era. And they're selling it in Indonesia. I'm like, I want one or a, no. like a towel or a yeah. tote bag. I'm like, yo, 
I want one of these or a watch. Those they make all the kinds coolest. of crazy shit. Some, some of the bootleg are better stuff. than your merch. Yeah, some right? of the bootleg shit's incredible. Mexico has Mexico, great bootleg insane, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they hook you up. You yeah, know, South America ask. too. Yes. Outside yeah. your show is like some really good shit they have. Yeah. Yeah, they used to do that in Italy. Crazy. Mm, it's right. legal oh, to do oh, yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. Like you would show up to Italy and there would be like circus tents. That's true. Like like seriously, like 50 vendors. They would have like when we were Sepultura, they they had like 50 shirts. They had like a like dress vests, like a vest that, like, like ridiculous. Huh. Maybe you want to go out to yeah. eat or but something, they would, have they, a nicer dinner. They would go to like the first show on the tour, buy one piece of every merch, and so have every merch that you were selling on tour plus 50 other things. <laughs> and they did it yeah. so quickly. Yeah, super know, quick. Super quick. And, and there was nothing you could do. No, Can't do shit not at all. It. Nope. Yeah, not at all. I mean, there's a famous story that was told many times. I'm not sure even on the podcast, but Craig may mention it. it was in Krang Magazine. We're sick of it all. We all ran out. Me, Eric Rice from uh, Eric Smokey. Yeah. Yes. To, to, fight these, to fight these bootleggers in Italy on scratch the service. They had amazing long yeah. sleeves. And we came running through the doors and we were outnumbered and, and, and violence occurred and people got hit and hurt. And then we got chased back in. And on the side of the bus, they wrote like, Manchester Mafia. Wow. And then Mark Gimmedy is like, we have to secure the bus. They're coming tomorrow. <laughs> and then he put like fucking like, it looked like he put like uh, fences around our bus. And yeah. nobody ever came, but wow. they rode right. on the bus. We're like, oh shit. This you know, it's real. crazy. Same thing happened <laughs> when we were on tour with Sick of It All. Every night, <laughs> it would go. be like Mark from MAD yes. and Ingo and like Ingo. Who, a, a, any of the big dudes, and they would just go out. Just destroying bootleggers, know, yeah. destroying them. You know, it's like they would take their stuff, and and you know, Mark's seven foot tall, three hundred but you, you got to be careful because those guys that are running those in Italy, especially, they're run by a mafia. Oh, yeah, Italy! I don't. Got, yeah. Italy! I I don't think they would do that. I okay. Yeah, I think that, they knew, but everywhere else, it was like, uh, oh yeah, no, bootleggers! Yeah. We're gonna get the bootleggers. Like, All yeah, right, we I'm didn't on. know, and like yeah. I remember right. Craig. Swinging a pipe and hitting one, hitting Eric Rice in the arm. <laughs> there was all kinds of things that went down that <laughs> night. But bottom line is, they wrote on the side of our bus like their Ooh. name. We're like, oh shit, this is real. Oh, we yeah. didn't know it was real enough. It can be terrifying. This is really man. scary. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But they chased us back. We locked the doors. Jeez. And the shirts were nice. So we, like built the last scratch of right. shirts or something. Um, <laughs> That's funny. So so life now you're you doing the real estate, which um, you've been really helpful with me recently talking about some things off the pod, like with my life. Yeah. But how'd you get into that? So it, it's funny. So um, my mom was actually a real estate agent my whole life growing up. Oh. Um, very successful. Wow. She was like a president of the board of realtors, like hey. um, in in the in the eight hundred five at hey. the time in Ventura <laughs> County, and uh, super successful. But it was never something I was like, oh, I want to do that. Right. Yeah. You know, I was just like, oh, cool. My mom does this, and right. that was kind of it. And you know, from you know, working in stores, owning my own store, yeah. running clothing, clothing brands, uh, running a record label. I was like producing bands. Yeah. But I was just like, yo, I have to be my own boss. Like I can't go and work for somebody else and clock the in. Man. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, it's like yeah. you need some sort of freedom. I still play in bands. So yeah, I man. still want the freedom. Like, Oh, Stripe's going to go to the, you know, go to Europe. Cool. I need two weeks off. Like I yep. can't, a traditional job's not going to give you that. You know, maybe they'll do it once, right? Or whatever, you know? Yeah. So real estate, you know, I was kind of brainstorming, like, what can I do? Um, I've worked in retail. I've sold high-end clothes. Yeah. I've worked in- I've seen those $1,000 circle jerk shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> 
It's true, Bedazzled man. Bedazzled or whatever. Bedazzled, yeah. yeah. You know, it's crazy. So Fred Siegel, he gets a lot of shit. Yeah. Fred Siegel, <laughs> he invented the designer jean. You would not be wow. wearing jeans. Like, jean was like workwear. Like, you're going to work on your farm, you wear right. a pair of jeans. Like, yeah. it was not fashion. Wow. Fred Siegel, it's, it's a person. Uh, he, he passed away recently, but he actually- You got to meet him? Yeah, of course. Cool. Yeah, he'd cruise around. Dude, he would come. He would come to the store with the Dalai Lama. No joke. What? He, wow. He, he was like, dude. like really tight with the Dalai Lama. Like there were many times the Dalai Lama was in Fred Siegel. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm tired with Derek Green. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, the Dalai Lama would come and wow. stay. Like Fred Siegel was like really um, into Buddhism. Did not know that man. And he had all this property and into yoga. And the Dalai Lama would stay with Fred Siegel and his properties in Malibu. Wow. Like, like like Fred. So it's a crazy story. But so he had the idea of like, hey, we're going to make these jeans into fashion. And so he took the, there was like at the time, probably Levi's and Lee. And he's like, we're going to make them fashion. We're going to tailor them and alter them and make them tight and turn, do the bell bottoms and later bedazzle. Like, but he was doing that by hand. And he had a little hut on Melrose and Crescent Heights. It was like wow. a converted house. And then as the business grew, he kept buying all the houses and the houses eventually became that Fred Siegel building on. No way. Yeah, that's really? all. That's all like four houses put together. Holy shit, in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's like four yeah. houses it's put got together. All the green all over the yep. building. Wow, yeah. that's incredible, yeah. dude. And then huh. the dude just starts buying real estate. He he owns like so much property on Melrose and Malibu. Um, it's pretty crazy. Okay. Um, that's and it insane. just came from jeans. I did not know that. Yeah. And so, like, you know, like so I he remember he inspired Carhartt Whip for sure. Change I mean, at, 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 the, at, right. the, at the time, like when I worked at Fred Siegel, Fred Siegel was the the, the best fashion retailer on the West Coast. Okay. 100%. World famous. Known around the world, Japan, whatever, Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're coming to the West Coast and you're into fashion, you're going to Fred Siegel. If you carry a brand, your number one goal is to get it into Fred Siegel. Because once you wow. get into Fred Siegel, the buyers of all the other stores, Nordstrom's right. and Bloomingdale's and every other cool like not just the department stores, but the cool stores like gotcha. opening ceremonies or whatever, they're going to pick you up because you're in Fred Siegel, right? That changed like, you know, with the internet and all that. No, like, the stores on Fairfax too. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. But you know, it, it changed and ex exclusivity and whatever yeah. it changed. But like at that time, like there were so many, you know, that, that was like, if you did a brand, that was your number one goal. Wow. Yeah. So like I worked there, I, I mean, I can tell you crazy stories. So, like, every celebrity in the world worked I'm there. I'm sure. I, I shopped there. And so, like, you know, I've helped, like, everyone from Jay-Z to Robin Williams to Julia Roberts to Paris Hilton to wow. Bruce Springsteen. I'm sure to, rap was in there. Rap was always eating lunch oh, there. That was his spot, Rappaport's oh, yeah. lunch yeah. spot. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I saw Rappaport one time. <laughs> Actually, he came in. It was on Halloween. He's always eat lunch there. He though. came in on, on Halloween, and I was dressed up as one of the Warriors. Oh. And he was the only person that knew my costume. That's and he's right. like, yo, dope outfit. <laughs> and like, yep. But he was the Some only New York shit. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. the only person that knew that. But like literally uh <laughs> Russell Simmons, yeah. like his old boss. We yeah. had oh, there you go. So we used to Shout carry Fat Farm. No, but we used to carry Fat Farm. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Right Damn. when we, we carried like Fat Farm and Mecca and Nietzsche and right. uh, all that shit when it was hot. Fubu? Yeah. No, uh, no. you're like, no. oh, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but like we had an in-store, li li listen to this, we had an in-store, I think it was for 
a Nietzsche, I believe. Is it Nietzsche or Fat Farm? But I want to say it was a Nietzsche. It's Fat Farm. Okay. With Jay Z and Lil Kim. Wow. An instar. And did they do that song? Ain't they no? didn't perform. Okay. They just did like a signing. And that's fucking crazy. Dude, Russell Simmons used to come in. He would fly in from New York and he wouldn't bring luggage. So he'd go to our store and buy Fat Farm. He'd buy his own brand to like wow, wear, wear for the weekend fucking, or whatever. It was crazy. That's pretty sick. Um, yeah. But like literally er, everyone you could think of shopped there. I've seen him. I've yeah. helped him. Morrissey. I've helped him. Morrissey. Wow. Yeah, like, like he was buying fat for him too. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there's Imagine Joe, Joe Montana <laughs> buying fat farm and like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, at your store? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Arnold, uh, Arnold, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. You Kobe. Shopping, yeah. yeah, like literally, uh, Montel Jordan. Like, oh, just like this is how yeah. we do it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a crazy time. So like, Love my that. friends would sometimes come and like, oh, we're gonna meet you for lunch, and they're like. Oh my God, Heather Graham's there. And then there's like, <laughs> Roller girl. Yo, like I, I was eating lunch one time and this was pretty cool. Um, uh, Billy Corrigan from Smashing Pumpkins was sitting behind me with somebody and he's like singing a Black Sabbath song to this person wow. like Dave Chappelle, like you, who, you name it. So it was like, it was a really cool. Super Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Super Hollywood, but like cool. Yeah. Um, and you know, most of the time, everybody was cool to, you know, I would say for the most part. But, you know, there would be like, I remember you came in one time. You're like, I can't believe they got a $600 Circle Jerk shirt. And I'm like, yeah, it's like it's a vintage Circle Jerk shirt that they fucking found and bedazzled. But, you know, it's like you look on eBay now that Circle Jerk shirts without the bedazzles are fucking yeah, 600 yeah, bucks. Yeah, sure, you know, sure, it's sure. like, you know, they were they were ahead of the curve on those vintage but tees. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, Damn. But it was fun. So I was a, I was a, I was a manager, and then a buyer. Uh, so I got to travel a lot um, doing that, and and you know wow. meeting a lot of people, and and I, I got to help you know brands like you brand pick brands, yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know so there was a lot of brands at the time that hardcore kids were involved in, whether it was like Paul Frank or like yeah. my 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 friend started a, a brand, um, one of the dudes from Throwdown, and he started a brand, and so we picked it up. So. Um, cool they get in the store the hundreds was in there too i think right uh i don't think so okay, they they okay. end up having a store they might have been actually they were in they were they were in the uh the santa monica fred siegel in the sneaker store conveyor. okay okay, okay yeah. Yeah. and so i was there on and off for like i don't know 12 years they let you go on tour and come back they were cool about I, that. yeah sometimes i would quit and then i'd come <laughs> back you know it's just like they were cool i was a good worker so they were yeah. cool and then eventually um I started my own store tradition and my business partner ran the sneaker store in Fred Siegel, Santa Monica. So we both gotcha. came from there. We both grew up in, in Thousand Oaks. He went to Westlake High. I went to Teal High. We connected. We started that store. Um, from that store, I started kind of, we, we were running like our own blog on the shop yeah. and get more into hip hop. That's how I started getting he heavy more into the producing. Yeah. Um, and And my first like, I did a full mixtape that I produced, um, which was called Carry On Tradition. That was something I did. Um, came out, um, it was for the store, came out on, with Two Dope Boys, which was awesome. That was That's like the, sick, yeah. the best best blog at the time. It was. I produced, I produced it, and we had everyone from like uh, Planet Asia, Apathy, Raskas, uh, Be Real, Ryu, um, you know, uh, Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, so, you Way know. Way back then, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, awesome man. That's so, 
I produced the whole thing and put together and and I was um working at Be Real Studio. That's I, I was recording everything there. And then um once I did that, I kind of like you know, we were doing in stores with mugs and I linked up with mugs and started crazy, doing some production man. with him and we ended up doing a band together. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's crazy, and now I'm doing real estate. <laughs> so. I know, but you've done everything in the industry, like all the culture, the, from the clothing to the music to the producing to playing it to writing it, selling it, all that's amazing. Man. So, so okay, nice. so that was the thing. So then I'm thinking, and you had sorry. no college. I so I I I have an associate's degree, which I finished up like in between tours. Oh, wow. so like I started at Moore Park. And took some classes, and then I went back to Valley College, and you know, over time, I was like, let me just okay. try to finish this. But it's it's whatever. Yeah, yeah it's like it was just kind of. Do you use my any of thing. it in life? What you learn? I mean, of course, you okay. learn you learn stuff. I think you can always apply anything you learn, yeah. like whether it's like something you learn from a YouTube video or something you learn in a classroom, you can apply that. But also, like, I don't know, like class, uh, you probably learn how to speak in front of people or yeah. meet people or. Whatever you know, whatever it is, re- relate to people. You know, like when I went to college, um, there was this kid with uh, cerebral palsy in my class. He had a wheelchair and he had like this crazy tube. He had to talk, and so they were like, "Okay, who wants to take notes for Vladimir?" Nobody wanted to take notes. I was like, "I'll take notes for mm. Vladimir." So like, I would take notes for this kid, just mm-hmm. you know. But it's like a nice way. I think it just teaches you just interacting with people, totally, right? Yeah. But uh, I also think touring. At a young oh, more age than meeting people oh. made you a very outgoing person. You could talk to any, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you have to. And, and so that's the thing now. It helps is, in the real world of being or selling houses. Yes. I can meet anyone right. and have a conversation about anything. Totally. You know, like I, I, I went on a, on this listing appointment for the, actually a house that was probably about $3 million. Damn. And it was this 80 year old dude. And he was a Jewish guy. I, I'd look around the room. Oh, are you from Israel? Yes, of course. Oh, my brother was born in Jerusalem. Oh, so we talk about that. Right. And he's like, oh, what do you do? He was in the fashion industry. Oh, you were in the fashion. I worked at Fred Siegel. You know what I mean? Wow. Like you have these ways to connect with people. I love that. That's man. more than just like, oh, let me sell your house. I'm right. really, you have real you, life experiences. Yes. All, yeah. And so I think it's really good. You know, I can sit and talk to anybody. And a lot of that has to do with my different experiences. But yes, traveling the world. Totally, man. Um, and that's why. So I was thinking, okay, what's what can I do as a career to actually make enough money to maybe buy a house? Like there was a time in like 2008, I was interested in buying a house. I didn't have my shit together. I couldn't make it work. Like that house then was $400,000 and that house now is a million dollars. I missed that window of opportunity. Right. So I'm like, okay, what can I do to apply my skills and still be my own boss, but make more money and, everything just pointed to real estate. It's wow. like, you're your own boss. It's customer service driven, right? It's connection driven. I have I have contacts um, and friends and a network of, you know, hardcore kids, fashion kids, hip hop kids. You know what I mean? Like, all over. And so... And they're all getting to the ages where they want to probably settle down. And absolutely. All, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and you, know, you know, you get into real estate and a lot of people have this illusion that like, Oh, I'm going to get my real estate license and the business is going to come to me. I'm going to join a brokerage and all of a sudden I'm going to have these listings. And it doesn't work that way. You're going to hustle hard, man. You're your own boss. You only get paid when you make a sale and you're responsible for your business. So no no one's showing up with like, oh, do you want to buy buy this house? You want to sell this house? That It doesn't work that way. So a lot of that comes from your network. 
And so mm-hmm. I got my license. I, I spoke to a few friends that were real estate agents like, hey, what do you think I should do? They recommended, um, I'm working for Compass now. Um, at the time, it was called Pacific Union. We got bought out by Compass. He's like, my, my buddy worked there. He's like, you should go there. They're really cool. I, I went and interviewed with them. And my first sale came from my sphere of influence, from my friend group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm on tour with Berthold City, and one of my buddies was just like, oh, you're in real estate now? Like, <laughs> my dad just sold his house, and he's looking to to buy a house out here and you know, he needs, needs some help. Can you help my dad? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so he was doing, um, it was, it's called a 1031 exchange. And, and so basically he had a, a rental property in the Bay area. And when you, if you want to sell a rental property and you don't want to pay, uh, taxes on the capital gains. Yeah. So like he had this property that I don't know, he, he maybe bought it for $500,000 and now it's worth $2 million. Jeez. So you sell that for $2 million and you got to pay those taxes, but yeah. you don't want to pay those taxes. Right? <laughs> so you basically, you do a transaction. It's called the 1031 exchange where they take those proceeds. They hold it in an exchange account and you buy a new rental property. Yeah. You, you can buy, it's gotta be a like rental property and it has to, you know, be a prop a rental property for two years so he had sold his house he had to identify you know i think you can identify up to three properties within 45 days yeah. and then you have to close within i don't know 108 days or something 120 days um so the ball was already rolling the timer was ticking right All the right. clock was ticking so i'm like cool let's set it up um you know he was looking at venice and and playa vista and you know he was living in the bay area he would come down and we would just like marathon showing just like, yo, we're going to see 12, 15 places in one day. Cause that's all we had. He came down two weekends and we identified a property he liked. I made an, you know, we wrote an offer and, um, you know, it was my first transaction. He may not have even known that. Um, and the listing agent is like the top agent in Beverly Hills. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I'm like, oh no, and, and and it's like not just her. It's like two other people on her team. Oh, I'm making these phone calls, just trying to act like <laughs> I know what I'm doing, you know. And damn, the property was 2.2 million dollars <laughs> on wow. top of that. So it's like, you know, I I'm just like trying to keep things cool and make this deal go through, and I can't really fuck this up because, yeah. you know, if we don't get this property, yes, we can fall back on another one, but like. We had to identify three and close on one of them in a set amount of time. Otherwise, he's paying capital gains right. tax on $2 million Jesus. on the profit or like $1.5 million, right? So we ended up um, we ended up closing right before, um, right before Christmas. Um, he, we ended up getting it under ask, fully furnished. What? Wow, man. And then it ends up appraising like 50 grand higher than he bought it. So he already got built-in equity. And then on top of that, um, the day we close, I, I get him a renter. So it's a rental property. Yeah. So Jesus, it, it comes with a renter for, we got a one-year lease. Oh, so it just aligned. Killed it, yeah. yeah. That was your first one? That was my first deal. Yeah. So it was wow, a sale, amazing, a rental, yeah. and, and we ended up, uh, I can't say who it is, but we ended up yeah. renting it to um, a very known player from the um shit it's it what's the fucking football team from philadelphia okay 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 okay, 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 okay. all right all right who is it 
I don't know. I'm not a sports guy, man. Football. I, I hate Philly. Come on, man. Hey, the Eagles? Come on. Yeah. Okay, Eagles. There, there you go. go. Boom. That's it. Eagles. Man. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's Eagles. your first sale? Yeah, that's my first sale. I'm a Browns wow. fan. Come on. Uh, of course you are. How, how many houses have you sold now? You, you know? <laughs> I don't know. You don't keep track really? anymore? Nah. I mean, really? I, I can like, look it, it up. Is it really that meant, like, No, it's not like How many like years doing it now? It's not like hundreds. I'm going on to my fourth year. No, it's not like hundreds, but it's like this year. This last year has been like really, really busy. So over 20 at least. Easy. Yeah, it's like in that. Yeah, it's like in that ballpark. Wow, dude. Yeah, and so it's only it's only as hard or easy as you make it. You have to go for it. You have to hustle hard. You, you even get, now, four years later. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just hitting a stride right now. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, because there's so many realtors out there. Yeah. So here's the thing: there was a study, and in the U.S., there's more real estate agents than there are houses to sell. Dang. What? No yep. way. Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. That Holy sense. shit. So, yes. Yeah, so you got to hustle, and you need to, like. What's going to make you different than exactly. Joe, Joe the realtor, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, and so it's like, you know, you, you got to connect with it's connections, everything really hundred percent, and, and staying on top of things and remembering people. And so it's all networking. And I've been so good at networking my whole life, which is yeah. why I have friends, you know, that from 20 years or 30 years, you know, so it's like 100%. It's networking and it's, it's putting yourself out there. It's letting everybody know, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Not only am I doing it, I'm doing it great. I work for the number one independent uh, brokerage in the U.S. So cool, man. I work on a team with the top eight. You know, my the, the team I'm on, my boss, he's the, out of every agent in the U.S., he's ranked in the top 100. So wow. it's like, I could throw his name around if I need to. Um, and so that, that all helps. And then yeah. it's just meeting people and hustling. And it's like, you know helping people and not expecting anything back right mm -hmm. like like that's fine like probably you've been it, doing your whole life yeah but you know it, it's not you it's not about uh every transaction is not about the the paycheck right yeah so if you're in you're in the service business and you're if you're there to help to to service people to make their lives easier they're going to remember that right yep. and you know i might not sell something to you but when your friend's like, hey, I'm thinking of selling my house, you might say, yo, Andrew's tight. He helped me with this yeah, this absolutely. little deal. He yeah. gave me all this information. Yeah. You, you got to call my buddy Andrew. And that's where a lot of my businesses come from. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Man. Word of mouth, word of mouth. And, and and it's like, you know, I just sold this this condo. It's kind of connected to, to the hardcore world. So um, I got a call from my buddy uh, Blair. Blair sang for this band called Knapsack. They're okay. from Sacramento. Kind of uh, actually Sergio from Sam I am played with them. Really big in in kind of like the indie emo world. Okay. Um, and and Blair's doing real estate out in Palm Springs. And and Blair calls me up. He's like, Hey, I got a buddy selling his place in Highland Park. Are you interested? I'm like, Absolutely. He's like, Give <laughs> yeah. me his number. So I call him up, and and. He's kind of like a punk dude from Florida. He owned this place in Highland Park. He was in some bands on No Idea Records. So okay. he's like in our world. Yeah. Like not a Strife fan. I don't care. You know. <laughs> but like in our world, yeah. which is cool. And he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's funny. Blair mentioned your name. And it was the second person that mentioned you when I was asking about real nice. estate. So he's like, I knew I had to work with you. I'm like, cool. Perfect, let's do dude. it. So I listed his house. Uh, we ended up doing like a big renovation before before listing that I, you know, he lived in the Bay Area, so I, I kind of had to take charge and make, kind of handle that while yeah. he was gone. And then he flew down, 
and we ended up like staging it ourselves. And I put in all this extra work that no other real estate agent's doing. Like mm -hmm. no other real estate agent is doing it. And he knew that. He's like, yeah, he's like, I was looking at this other agent and they wouldn't even, you know, come help me with a renovate, like hiring a contractor or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know? And I was like, that's cool. I'm going to go that extra mile. And we ended up listing his house selling it the first weekend on the market, like 20,000 over asking Great, like man. highest price per square foot in the complex. And he's super happy. And he's like, yo, not only are you, you're my real estate agent for life, I'm referring you to anybody I know. And that's awesome, like, dude. that's why you go that extra mile. Right. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Love that. Know, makes sense. And yeah. there's no retirement plan in music. And so like, no, not yet, man. I'm waiting for somebody to come together with the amazing well, you, like union. You got that voice. Musicians. You got that voice of gold. So uh, you yeah. know, I think I'm you're doing voiceovers. Man. I think you're gonna gonna do some trailers. I oh see no, no, I, I have no problem with thinking that. Well, that's, I, what, that, that's what we need. Hey, man. so this is the other thing. Okay. I've always you might know somebody. Though. I do yeah, know somebody. Oh. I do know somebody. No, I was about to say. So <laughs> I've always been the person to like connect dots my right. whole life too, like, somebody true, does yeah. this yeah. i know somebody that does this i'm putting you together i love that i've always done that too again that's i feel like that's very helpful in the real estate business 100 um putting those dots together and and making these introductions but i do know somebody nice. and 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 you may know them in a weird way too okay so we could talk about this okay. off wow. air i'll make a good recommendation um Thank That's you, great, man. Because you said it's like a tight circle to get into. It's yeah, like, I it heard is. it's like a very okay, tight circle, few. especially LA. It's just like you know yeah. the inner. I, I got two. I got two. Uh, two people who work in the management side. That's exactly what I've been. God, it's See, so weird, man. I put it magic, out there, man. Yeah. And that's that's what it is. You put it out, <laughs> right. and it comes. And and so like, if you're a real estate agent and you don't put it out that you sell real yeah. estate, you're not getting that sale. I like if I didn't happen to mention to my friend, like, oh, I just got my real estate license. His dad would have bought that right. house with somebody else. But it's yeah. really word of mouth. I can see it. I mean, I see you online, you know, with things, with certain sales. I'm like, God, it's a beautiful house. Yeah. You know, a lot of the listings are incredible. And, of course, it would be the first person I would go to. Be like, oh, yeah, I know somebody that, Me that too. works. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And, like, we had, <laughs> what we've been so stressed about our situation that we call, I called him up on speaker right. last week. And within, like, a 20-minute phone call, we were so at ease. We, like, we knew exactly what we needed to do, and I appreciate that. Man. Yeah. And, and, and your, your situation, I think, is it's easy yeah yeah it's it just it, it's easy but that's like that's the whole thing of it it's like buying a property or selling a property it's stressful because that's yeah. your that's your biggest asset right I know. and in and, and california it's like you know if you're spending half a million dollars that's cheap I yeah know. but think about that right. half a million dollars think of that like 13 year old you like i'm gonna spend half a million dollars on a two-bedroom apartment I like know. you know what i mean like you're not getting nothing around here unless a million. No, so a million dollars, two million dollars, three million dollars. Yeah. That's stressful. So like, I I need to manage that. I have a team that works with me, transaction coordinators. I have a Sick. great title reps and escrow companies that I know, I trust, uh, lenders that mm. I know and trust, and know that they could get the job done. But also, it's managing that stress, and if something yeah. comes up. I need to be able to not freak my client out. Like, right. yeah. yo, we just got this inspection report and there's termite damage. Like uh, termite yeah. is, you know, but it's, it's normal. Like California, okay. everything, if it's wood, it's got termites. Like, right. you right. know, so, but some people aren't 
from here and they're like oh my god termites like oh my god and it's like what we'll get it treated it's nothing but it's like it's like managing that stress yeah so people aren't freaking out mm-hmm. and they're not stressed out are you a stressful person you're stressed out you seem like no. not that kind of person no you don't get stressed <laughs> no i'm not I, I, i'm not stressful i don't have anxiety i'm like pretty like even And how do you do that you have like any daily rituals or stuff you do that's no <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 I no guess, yoga, no none of that shit. No, I just like. Uh, You've always seemed so chill. Yeah, I'm like, but I don't know. I maybe it was the way I was raised. You I'm not, exercise? Yeah, I exercise. I got my dog. I walk my dog. You know, I, like, like my morning ritual. Like I, I wake up. I make some coffee. You know, what I mean, it's yeah. like I walk my dog. I go on my computer. You know, what I mean, it's not like there's like I don't meditate or mm-hmm. do yoga or whatever. You know. Um, yeah, but you filter pe- other people's stress through you, and then you make them feel good. And yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. I think um, I just like to stay busy. I think that's the other thing is I'm I'm like more focused when I'm when I'm busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't like to not be busy. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I'm able to be in three bands and it's crazy. run a record label. <laughs> you can balance all that shit, man, and do real estate and not be stressed. Yeah. You know, book shows. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, my friend's band changed. They came down. Um, I heard them. Ago. They're awesome. Somebody awesome. turned me on to them, man. Great awesome. band. Yeah. But they're like, oh, we're, I'm, we're, we want to come down from. Oh, you play with them. I saw the videos. Yeah. That's where I saw it. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to. They're from Seattle and, yeah. and Canada. And they're like, we want to come down. And I was like, cool. I'll book your shows. Yeah, whatever. We're going to play. It's got a uniform we'll choice vibe. Yeah. Like it's that. like UC meets you today. Yeah. Dan Smith turned me on to them. Yeah. yeah they sound it's great. awesome. Great record. Great, great dudes. I actually. Ram the singer does a podcast as well. Um, yeah, Dan has told me that too. Yeah, that that I did recently, um, and it's more focused on business. Okay. Yeah, business, but also like applying what you learned in the DIY world to real life, to real life. What you're business. doing, which yes. you're a fucking great example of. Yeah. So, so it was cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And one of my questions, one of my last, I have a couple questions, but you have any regrets? Any regrets? Like for me, um, I mean, I would have loved for Strife to keep going and not yeah, break up right. when we did. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we could have done that and still stayed friends. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like the, sure. the friendship's more important. Totally. Um, But we were like, I think we were just getting over that hump to really do something big. Like, yeah, you know, we could have, you know, we could have maybe done what Hapri did because we stopped and they kind of took the reins and they were like, Oh, we're going to tour with Sepultura. We're going to tour with neurosis and we're going to do this. And kind of like, kind of like the, the groundwork was laid, I think yeah. for, by like a band like us. And they just took it and ran with it and they did a great job. You yeah. know, they did a great job and, and you know, I'm not, I'm only happy for him. I'm not, I'm not saying like, yeah. oh, we could have been but Avery, but like that was the path we were we were. Yeah, I mean, you didn't break up because nobody cared. You guys no. were doing great. No, and like I said, we had we had a a, a huge tour with with Earth Crisis and Hate Breed. Yeah, and then a full Warp tour, and then you know we we just did Untitled, which was like um, definitely a little more in the Deftones vibe. So yeah. we we're getting, you know, we we're getting radio play. It was just like, wow. we were ready to, to kind of take it to the next level. If everyone was on board and just everyone wasn't. Yeah. Um, which is fine. You know, yeah. I mean, but, but for me, like I would have loved to see where the band went. Um, had we stayed together. Right? Yeah. 
Um, and I love playing music and I love the energy of being in a crowd and that's why I still do it. Right. So like, like, um, I would have loved to have done that. I would have loved to have started my record label much earlier. Right. You yeah. know, it's always something I wanted to do. Like, why did I do it in the nineties? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I could have done it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's just like, oh, I was busy doing other shit. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I started real estate 10 years ago. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but timing's everything. Yeah, it's all different uh, chapters um, of your life. Yeah, and and it's it's all it's all good, you know. And one of my questions is optimist or pessimist, but you seem like you're an optimist. You seem like a positive person. I'm a realist. That's what my wife is. I'm a realist. That's what she calls herself. Yeah, I'm a realist. So like uh <laughs> Yes, I, I I am a positive person, but it but if something smells like shit, I would tell you it smells like shit. I like that. Like, you know what I mean? I and, like that. And there are people that get offended by that. Like if mm-hmm. you may, yeah. like I, I would say like overall people like me, but there are people that don't and think I'm an asshole because I'm a realist. Mm-hmm. And if you ask me something like, yo, check out my demo. What do you think? If, if, if you're asking me, I'm right. going to tell you what I think. Right. Like, do you want me to tell you or yeah. do you want me to just tell you it's great? Like, I like that. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm very honest in that way. It, it could come off. It's a certain way. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, um, but that's, I guess that's being a realist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I I would say definitely I try to be positive. Um, you know, I could definitely talk shit and be negative too. You know, it's easy. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. But I, I can I see that everything you put your mind to, you do everything you want to do. Yes, producing, writing, opening a store, fucking a real estate, everything, man. It's awesome. yeah, and that's kind of the thing is, I, and I really think anyone can do that if they if they believe in themselves right yeah like you can do whatever you want to do and if you don't have the answer you know someone that does 100%. you've got a friend yeah that you can ask you got youtube with a tutorial <laughs> on literally everything like everything dude, yeah. when i was producing i would get stuck on something like, yeah i'm going to youtube oh this is how you do yeah that. but you know also i was producing i was around some of the best producers in the world like yeah you know, DJ Muggs in one room. I, I was next to Fred Rack. He had a workstation next to me who Fred produced for Nate Dogg and Dre so and, cool. you know, Britney Spears. Like, yeah. you know, so Fred, what, what do I do here? <laughs> like, yeah, help yeah. me out. You know what I mean? So I, it's also like if you. Quiet, Max. You can, uh, you can learn by who you associate with. Totally. Like, that's yeah. super right. important. If you're around people doing great things. It's gonna put you in a position to do great things, or inspire you yeah. to do great surround things. Surround yourself with, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's super important. Um, and you know, you as a parent, I'm sure you see that, like, totally. And and trying to navigate that, mm-hmm. you know, like, like 100%. my my parents never told me like, oh, you can't hang out with this person, or that's a bad seed, or you're doing, you know, what I mean. But yeah. like, I could see that, you know, becoming a dilemma at some point, right? For sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> but you, but you've been, all, you always been like. I don't know, true to yourself and all, around all types of people and different circles and uh, it's awesome, man. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing. It turned out pretty good, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, I, I think that's the thing. It's just like, you know, I said it on a Rams podcast. It's like, you're going to go so much further making a friend than you are going to make an enemy, right? 100%. Like, so put some out in the world. Help somebody. It'll come back, you know. 100%. Don't expect it to come back. Right, not at all. Right, yeah. But it will, you yeah. know. And you do good things, and if you're that. a good person, it's all going to come back. 
I don't believe that. No doubt. Well, I appreciate you so much, man. That was three and a half hours with Andrew Klein. I, I'm able to drop a one and two. I like doing that. I did that with Tim Hendricks. People like one episode the following week. Because three hours is a lot to digest. That is. Yeah. Well, not yeah. Joe Rogan. Did nah, like three right. or four hours. But right. like, once again, like what this, what this, what, I mean, we, the, what this podcast <laughs> is teaching. Joe, Joe Rogan. <laughs> is the, he has like three or four hour ones. Um, mm. Is that people that you've met throughout the years and you finally haven't talked to them? Yeah. You learned so much more about them, and I'm so happy like we did yeah, this. That's so true. You know what I'm saying? Like, I learned so much more and have so much more respect. Nothing I've respected before, but just everything, your journey. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Been, I appreciate it. And, and to a little sick of it all, probably, we only scratched the surface. Yeah. I know. Because <laughs> I know you got stories for days, yeah. bro. Yeah. We'll, and we'll share. We share and you're some a good, good talker, ones. too. Like, you have a good stories, good Thank memory. You. Thank you. Yeah, my it's funny because I, I drop a podcast and and usually the first person to to respond, I'll get a text from my mom like, "Wow, I just listened to your <laughs> podcast. You're such a good storyteller. I'm wow. so proud of you." Like, hope your mom's gonna listen, man. Oh, she she will. Okay. I don't even That's tell her about it. She might see it on my social media. <laughs> wow. But she literally just the other day, I dropped a podcast. She's like, "Oh, I just listened to your podcast. It was so great. I'm gonna go and listen to some other uh, other of his wow. podcasts." She rules. That's, yeah. That's amazing, amazing yeah. bro. She's so and, proud of you. And man. she showed up to you know we played Gilman. She showed up to Gilman to a couple shows. Did she cool. bug out when she saw you play for the first time, like hardcore music? Um, you know it's crazy so as a kid she never uh she never saw us in the 90s um (laughs) you know a we probably never played anywhere that close you know we're always like in the city but like my my dad came out my dad came out and saw us like 91 with upfront and uh and lifetime uh (laughs) in in long beach like my dad was there and like kind of like my uncle from new york he was there and then my dad came out my dad my brother came out another time that show we booked at the community center with uh chain of strength so my dad my dad saw chain of strength it's pretty that's fucking some old school shit (laughs) that's pretty amazing come out sport like yeah yeah so you know he would he would come out to some shows and then you know since strife's been back more recently my mom's came come out and you know they they were at the california take my mom's sister came and saw wow. the california takeover in in the bay area they came to that show and you know they're in the balcony and 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 kids were like super stoked oh, she was leaving after we played and that's your mom that's so cool you know yeah. they're like helping her down the stairs and so that that was that was fun um yeah they're super super supportive i think it's so cool you can put the california takeover on your own label oh it's yeah it's such a full circle it's incredible exactly yeah. it's like a dream you know and 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 just like that that Earth Crisis and Snapcase are like on my label with a release <laughs> too. So you cool. know, it's like, amazing. and they were cool with that. Like, you know, is it, it was very like doing these shows. Like, it could have been a very tricky, weird process of different egos, and of it was course. it was like, it was great, oh, man, everyone wants to do them. Everyone's equal. We're all apart. We're I all doing that. this. We're gonna rotate. No ego. No attitude. The crowd was great. Yeah, and it was just like cool. And then they're like, "You want to do the record? Cool. Let's do it." Like it was just super easy. It's been awesome working with those guys. And, and yeah, you three bands are such a big important part of hardcore history. That whole era, man. You three, man, were the mains. Yeah, it was. It was I love Snapcase too, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, both of them. I, love, I know, yeah. man. Yeah, it was, it was. It was definitely. It was an awesome era and it's just cool to see like so many years later that you know it's still important kids 100%. still care uh they still believe in the in the words and the message and yeah let's christ still live that too yeah. man it's incredible man um so awesome. it's it just it's it just awesome and it, and it feels really good and you know we we don't do it now when we play it's like 
we don't do it for the money. It's fun. We don't do it to rehash the past. It's yep. like, yeah, the five of us want to hang out. And, and totally. you know what? It's really hard to get five of us to hang out. I'm but sure. if we have band practice, there's a good chance that at least four of us are showing yeah. up. <laughs> at least four of us are, are showing up. And then, yeah. you know, we do a show and we're in the van and we have some laughs and we play some fun shows. And that's awesome. Man. And it's a good yeah. way just to get everyone back together right. and connect beautiful man yeah it's amazing so it's 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 so fortunate that we're able to still do that yeah, yeah. and people care yeah. yeah so well fuck well thank you andrew so much for being here man Derek, andrew. anything else we're good that's it for me man it's, and it's always <laughs> ones i don't i don't know what to expect like yeah and it's just the, these the always become ones. my favorite ones yeah yeah awesome i appreciate that, that was a that was a super fun interview and it's very therapeutic. I'm looking forward to part three. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I become an astronaut. Ooh. Yeah, come back. That's your next thing you're going to do. Yeah. You, right. Jeff Bezos. Well, you know, an old friend, <laughs> an old friend of ours, he, he's uh, going to be the first space tourist. He's going with Elon Musk. Wow. Somebody yeah. we know? What? Yeah. All right, do we really? talk after? Yeah, I can't yeah. say it on here. Okay. Oh, All we right. can say it on air. It's very public. All right. So uh, you, you probably met him. His name's Yusaka. He's from Japan. He played in a band called Switch Style. He brought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah, the name, yeah. He helped bring Strife to Japan the first he's time. He's going there? He's he's going to space. Wow. In like, I think it's in like 40 days. He has a countdown what? on his Twitter. 40 days? Oh, that's like fucking in amazing. 40, like it's happening soon. Oh, Damn. Man. Yeah, and so like he's, he's, I believe one of the, he's one of the richest people in Japan, but like top richest people in the world. Holy um, crap. Yeah, and... He a was a hardcore kid. kid. He was straight so edge, cool, and man. you know, he came out here and 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 went to strife shows, and we went there and stayed with his family uh, in Japan. Holy and, shit! And then he started. He started. Uh, actually, it started from a distro. Okay. He started a distro called Start Today that was importing records and CDs, and then later it kind of became like a curated an- Amazon. It's called Zozo Town now. Wow! And it's huge. And he has a he has his own. PGA tour that with Tiger Woods and shit like it's crazy. He does the Japanese PGA tour. That's what? insane. Yeah, Todd, uh, Todd uh, the guitar player for Strife, uh, is a big golfer. He used to be a golf pro, and what? he used to yeah he used to run a uh, a huge uh, country club called Sherwood Country Club, and he was a golf pro there, and he was an instructor there, and Jesus. um. Yusuk brought his Japanese. Uh, you said Yusuk. His name is Yusuka, but everyone called okay, him okay. Suck. Oh, like okay. it was That's like hard. his American name. Okay. Um, and so he brought his uh, Japanese PGA there, and it, Tiger Woods uh, competed as Damn, well as a bunch man. of pros and amateurs. And Todd went. Uh, Todd was able to go because he had such yeah. a good connection. It was like peak COVID, and they had like a bubble, like a sports bubble. Like, and Todd was like was trying to bring me. He's like, I can't bring you. There's a bubble. Like I can't right. get you in, but he's oh, like, yeah, yeah. I'm able to go. And right. so Todd went and met with you suck and hung out with him. And, and it, so, it was cool. Amazing. Like we hadn't, we haven't seen him in years, but uh, it was a really cool thing. But yeah, he's, he's, he's about to go to space. So, wow, you know, and he was originally, he was doing this thing where he wanted to bring like seven artists. And so he's like, he's like, you know, and his whole thing was like, what if Picasso went to space? What would he paint? Or what if John Lennon went to space? What song yeah, would he right. write? So he was like doing this thing, like you Damn. could kind of wow. win to go to space. I didn't apply, but I was like, yo, we're that's all bros. We're all bros. Take. I, I don't even know if I'd want to go to space, to be honest. I'd be like, it'd Damn. be great being there, but like, 
if something happened, you know what I mean? Like, like I know, I know people that are terrified of flying, right? Yes. But imagine like taking a rocket into space, landing. It's it's a whole damn other level. You're you're right. Okay, one more thing. Top five artist, musician, anything inspired you? Hip hop, hardcore, punk, whatever. Major influences. Okay, this is a hard one because people (laughs) always. Ask me what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite this? I don't have favorites. I'm like one of those persons. Okay. I don't have a favorite, like literally anything. It's, it's weird. People don't like that. Okay, no. but but if I'm gonna say like influential, I would, I'd put be- the Beatles up there. I would. Hell too. yeah. I, you know, growing up in a kid as a little kid, like we'd play Beatle Beatles records in the house, and everyone sing along. I had this little. I remember having this weird little like blue kids Toys R Us drum set in my yeah. house being like five playing along to Beatles Sick. records, you know? So like that was a huge, uh, influence on me. Beatles. Uh, yeah. Musically. Um, so definitely the Beatles. I'd have to say the Beastie Boys again. Like okay, that was great. one of my earliest, like, you know, I, I love that. I, I did. I, I auditioned for the, the fifth grade talent show, uh, Paul Revere. Wow. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> I didn't get in. It must have been the lyrical content. Damn. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, that was like an early performance. That's auditioning cool, to Paul man. Revere with, with a buddy of mine. Um, That's dope. So I would give it to definitely Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys and Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if we're moving, I'd say into punk, Circle Jerks. Woo! Like, man, I love... It was my first show. Right. So yeah, there you go. sex too. Yeah, man. Classic yeah. records. Man. First show. First stage, I first circle pay. It was all it all oh, happened at Circle Jerk show, and just recently, actually, my band Berthold City, uh, we recorded a cover of uh, "Back Against the Wall." Oh, sick. yeah! So you could check that out. Okay, awesome. Um, and that was kind of like again, like a full circle thing. Like, yeah, it was one of my favorite bands. My first show, we're gonna pay uh, tribute to that. It's cool. Um, so we're gonna go with Circle Jerks, Beastie Boys, and Beatles. No, but you said five, so we're gonna <laughs> yeah, move. Else? Yeah, we're gonna else? move next. Beastie Boys. Number four, Circle I'm going to give it to your boys and mine. Sick of it all. Perfect. Wow. Huge inspiration for you guys. I know Huge inspiration sound-wise. Took us on our first European tour. Yeah. We did you know, we did major touring with them. We toured with Sick of It All and AFI and, you know, all, all kinds of shit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to them. Um, awesome dudes kind of showed us the rope. Totally. Kind of showed us how you could be a hardcore band but be a professional band. They were doing yep. that at another level. Um navigating that world whether it was touring before us going to europe before us yeah. going to japan you know we followed in their sure. footsteps in so many ways agreed um so a huge inspiration and then number five i'm gonna give it to sepultura Woo! i got wow. it yeah um, that's a sick list man it's a strong list yeah. yes. beastie boys or for us beatles beastie boys circle beastie jerks boys. Um, sick of it all sick of it all and separator yeah and that's kind of like amazing, through dude. the arc of my life mm-hmm. yeah um and you know it's like one of these i don't i don't go back and listen to bc boys that much yeah mm-hmm. but it's still a huge influence okay. on me i agree 100%. and I, i'll tell you I'll, I'll put on uh the first three records and i can rap every word okay. like 100 sure. <laughs> like 100 percent. and it was cool for a minute um you know we met uh Amory, he was the first yeah, drummer. Yeah, AWOL. AWOL. He was the first drummer in Suicidal, but also in Beastie Boys. Yeah. And we met him early on. And, I worked with the Golden Boys with AWOL. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh, wow. Early on, we became friends uh, when we were touring with Sick of It All. We okay. met him, and you know, I sent him Strife merch because I love Suicidal and I love Beastie Boys. Yeah. So, um, and then I got to jam with him, actually. Me, this was cool. A few years ago, it was 
me and Amory, we always talked about doing a band and it never yeah. happened. Uh, but me, Amory, and Timmy Chunk. So we oh, just, wow. Yeah, Sick. so we got to jam and we actually, we not professionally record, but we recorded a couple songs and, it's cool. you know, he's got that perfect punk drumming. Yeah, like, so sad. Like, like nobody can play it like him. Yeah. You know, it's like, like no, like modern drummers don't play those punk beats like a yeah, true right. punk drummer. Like, like, like I saw Fear and Fear had, at the time they had this young drummer who ripped and <laughs> then the original drummer came on. Um, right. It was such a difference. Night like, day, yeah. The, the the OG drummer man yeah. he just has that style playing that you you could be technically a million times better but you're you're not playing yeah th- those songs uh so that's a good mix man. yeah five yeah top so, five dead or alive there we go <laughs> thank you man so much awesome that we're gonna fun. do a part three for sure though right on we'll do some deep dive into some <laughs> other do, do i gotta go to the moon or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moon stories yeah you come, uh, yeah, when you come back, you're doing so. Yeah, you went to the moon, you came back. Fuck. Yeah. Andrew, thank you so much, man. Course. I appreciate your journey, your stories, your time. You're a busy man, and uh, I'm stoked for people to yeah. hear this. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. Okay, Mr. Klein. Bye. Yo, yo, Liquid Death. Thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love you, water. Love you, brand. Love what you stand for. Love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst. Stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives.